Three million dwellings around Australia are apartments. And if you own your place, it means you have a significant financial stake in a building that you share with a lot of other owners. That's a lot of people having to get along when they make decisions about maintenance, repairs, renovations, big ticket items. If you own an apartment, how have you managed decisions about the upkeep of your apartment complex? Would you say that it is generally a healthy and constructive way of discussing those issues when when you sit down to meet as part of the Strata Committee? Or have there been some issues? How were they resolved? Karen Stiles is the Executive Director of the Owners Corporation Network, which is a not-for-profit body that operates in New South Wales to help owners navigate strata ownership. Karen, welcome to Life Matters. Thanks for having me. I understand some of the major issues are pretty similar around the country. When you buy an apartment, you become part of a wider community financially as well. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes. Um, So a body corporate is the collective of every owner of a lot in that uh, community. And that could be a single building or it could be multiple buildings. Uh, in a community title setting. uh, The legislation differs in the different states and territories, but the human issues are the same Australia-wide and worldwide, really. And the body corporate's different to the Strata Committee, isn't it? Yes. So the body corporate encompasses every owner in that community and the Strata Committee is like a board of directors for a company. They are elected... uh, officials, if you will. There's the chairman, secretary, treasurer and other committee members who make the day-to-day decisions for the collective owners. So what are some of the decisions that you might have to make? Say you put your hand up at the AGM, you're elected to the strata committee. What are your responsibilities? Oh, gosh. Well, let's start (laughs) with before you're elected to the committee, um, there should be a process of people who wish to nominate explaining to the owners at the annual general meeting what their skills are, what they will bring to the committee um, and what their hopes are for that community. Uh, So starting from that premise, they might have financial skills, uh, they might um, be director of other companies, so they've got, you, you know, committee experience. And then from there, they're elected. The first thing a good chair or secretary would do would be then to, at the very first meeting of the newly elected committee, set up a code of conduct for members of that committee. And that can be things like, you know, speak respectfully, attend um, as many meetings as possible, read the papers beforehand. Um, those kinds of things. So, and then set the parameters for meeting procedures. So we're going to meet monthly or every second month. We're going to meet for a maximum of two hours. We will only discuss items that are on the agenda and for which papers have been previously circulated so that it's an efficient process. People have time to think about things, ask questions and make a decision at the meeting. And Karen, that all sounds fantastic and ideal. I love how you're saying this should happen and ideally this would happen. How often do all those things happen, that people go in with clear expectations and there's a clear understanding of what people are bringing and their hopes for what they're getting out of this process? Anecdotally, 
it's a mixed bag. And I say anecdotally because really the whole stratosphere has been ignored by governments who set up this housing model and then basically set it free with no support whatsoever. So we have no uh, research into how um, communities are managing, what support they need. So, and again, you've got schemes starting from a duplex, which is two lots. Um, God help people in those and right up to there might be 500 units in an apartment or um, one particular scheme that I'm thinking of in Sydney, uh, New South Wales, has 55 schemes over, you know, quite a large acreage. Wow. Okay. So just quickly, Karen Stiles, what kind of people tend to put their hands up to be on the Strata Committee? Can we generalise about um, the demographic they might come from? They probably fall into two camps. Those that uh, want to uh, manage, that to see that their asset is managed well and those that have a particular agenda. Um, those, the second camp might be someone who's looking to move, so they're very keen to have the building updated um, to maximise their profits. Um, I'd like to think there's more of the first camp um, who want, you know, a community to be uh, well run and to be a community. God knows we needed that during COVID when people were very isolated. Um, you, you know, you needed to know that there were people around you that you could call on if you needed help. Yes, indeed. And I guess, you know, there's that aspect of you being part of a community, but there's also that that asset aspect is real, isn't it? I mean, the, the committee makes decisions about big ticket things like maintenance and improvements to common property areas and how those places are run. What are some of the issues that can become points of conflict within strata committees, Karen? Uh, Well, the the management of the building and the spending of the funds can be uh, points of contention. There are those buildings where there's a sense that um, the lower we keep the levies, the better that is. What they're not considering is the future impact. And we saw that in Miami when a building collapsed. Um, Those owners had been arguing for years about the cost of repairs. And then one night, half the building fell down and killed, I think, close to 100 people. We want to avoid that here. Um, So there's lots of conversations like that going on. Um, Funnily enough, some of the smaller things can be the most contentious what colour will we paint it? Oh, that's a big one, though. That's no small <laughs> thing. When you come into the entrance, Ray, what greets you? Exactly. But it's like, uh, shall we spend a million dollars updating the building? Yes, of course. Um, now, will it be brown or blue? Oh, all sorts of problems. So, um, yeah, it, it really is. You've got human nature in all of this. And we must remember that these elected committees are volunteers, and, and it can be quite an onerous job. It can really be a full-time job, which is why many um, volunteer committee members are retirees. Yes, I was really interested to read in your notes, Karen, that you, you like to set the meetings at two hours maximum. I was thinking, two hours? Good Lord, but apparently they can go for much longer. We're speaking with Karen Stiles, who's the Executive Director of the Owners Corporation Network, which is a not-for-profit group that operates within New South Wales to help owners navigate uh, the issues that come up in strata ownership. And as we're hearing from around the country, those issues can be sadly quite similar. Uh, lots of people texting in on this. 
One says, we live in a block of 30 units, all owned by the same person. No strata scheme, a single point of contact, extremely efficient and also very polite. I would never, ever want to be in another block with a strata scheme. Thank you for that, Matthew. In Queensland, external management is a nightmare as strata managers are almost entirely unregulated and can constantly mess things up and there's nothing you can do except get another manager. But if your body corporate is a majority of non-resident investor owners who don't care, then it's a nightmare. Uh, And three apartment management committees over 40 years, what your guest has described is La La Land. This is Life Matters. My name's Hilary Harper. Let's bring in Stephen Goddard now. He's a specialist in strata. Strata Law at Goddard Solicitors. He's had over 30 years' experience in strata law and advocating for the rights of owners. Stephen, welcome. Oh, good morning. How can conflict be resolved if and when it does come up within a committee? Well, of course, the first thing we have to remember is that when you embrace strata living, you enter parish pump politics. If you have the numbers, you can do anything. And if you don't have the numbers, you're in trouble. Now, trouble equals conflict, and conflict can equal expense. Within strata schemes, conflict, unlike in the commercial world, conflict is often very emotively driven rather than the cost of things. Uh, Strata legislation in each of our jurisdictions empowers owners' corporations to embark upon a mediation process But mediation does not often occur within strata schemes because of cost. It happens that, certainly in New South Wales, the Office of Fair Trading provides a mediation service with the Commissioner for Fair Trading providing all of those resources. But a a group in conflict can only access that mediation process if they are threatening to apply to the tribunal for orders. So it's kind of got to a a point of extreme conflict, you're saying? Exactly. Now, it happens that people only tend to look towards mediation when they're really confronted with the worst alternative. Uh, If an owner's corporation, specifically a strata committee, is in conflict and can't resolve how to progress, uh, or there is a condo commandant who is in control and has the numbers to to prevent outcomes, uh, an owner on a committee might threaten to apply to the tribunal for the appointment of a compulsory agent a very serious worst alternative because if a tribunal appoints such an agent, that person is effectively an administrator who assumes all of the functions of the scheme and becomes the chairperson, secretary and uh, treasurer. Uh, And all of the owners lose their voice during the period of that effective administration. That's a serious worst alternative that might cause people to want to 
enter into some sort of give-and-take settlement. Right. So mediation is costly and difficult to access. The worst-case scenario is quite bad in, uh, indeed if you're looking at you know how to, how to run things smoothly in the future. I was interested to see, Stephen, that you've described the issues in strata law as similar to those in family law. Can you tell us a bit about why you say <sighs> oh. that? Yes, it, collective living is is um, is the name of the game. Uh, people, uh, as a strata lawyer, I feel as though I'm a second cousin to family lawyers, uh, because the conflicts are personal, uh, often uh, emotive, often uh, rarely uh, are commercial decision. Uh, uh, making really is commercial decision making the process it's usually you can't do that to me or uh, why can't we have it my way and when you when you have that sort of emotive conflict uh, you (laughs) you often end up in in a position of dysfunction where commercial decisions in the best interest of preserving the asset or amenity of the scheme are just not being made because there's there's a mo- an emotive block in the way. We're certainly getting text messages that bear that out. I'll read a couple just to give some examples of the issues that people are dealing with as we speak with Stephen Goddard and uh, Karen Stiles. Bullying. We have an, an executive committee that deliberately barred me, a new owner, in case I rocked the boat, says Chris in Gladesville. The former chair... Ultra Queen Bee, says Chris, made an arbitrary decision to have three mature healthy trees in our complex chopped down and this was done without warning or consultation because of the drains. And she doesn't live at the complex. The drains still cause problem but the trees are gone. And I guess that's an example of uh, how people's values might clash, as you've been saying. Another, uh, our body corporate on the Gold Coast has just jackhammered off the fascia tiles on our building and have no plans to replace them because they have other priorities, in quote marks. They say they may have to borrow money to fixed defects. They're speaking of borrowing around a million dollars. I believe the chairman who's proposing this is wanting to fix his own building and then sell. This will leave the rest of us with a huge debt. Can they do this? And Stephen, I'll quickly ask you those questions. What do you do if you worry that the money is being misspent? Kim's texted in too saying, how do we deal with a suspicious financial embezzlement potential issue? Those are up the serious Mm -hmm. end, aren't they? That all of your observations are classic emotive conflicts, aren't they? Uh, underneath them, there are certainly some some commercial considerations, but it's a a failure to agree. Now, if people just can't agree, they will have to apply to the tribunal for a compulsory agent. A comp- a tribunal will only ordinarily appoint an agent in circumstances where the scheme is either trading dysfunction, is, is trading uh, insolvent, uh, is not meeting its responsibilities under the legislation, or is perhaps in breach of an order, like a fire order. Uh, very serious. But sometimes, of course, you can just be in a bum building, you know? <laughs> Sometimes you can be with a group of people who are not your tribe, uh, who don't see things the way you do. Mm. Uh, And uh, if you don't have that numerical superiority, you are unable to have impact on the decision making. 
Yeah, when you said parish pump politics before, I immediately thought it's the crucible all over again. Uh, this text is interesting. I just want to quickly touch on this, Stephen. Mediation is easy and free in New South Wales. Don't believe what your guest is saying. Uh, is the situation different for strata issues that it does cost money? Uh, if you have a private mediator uh, and not one provided by the uh, Commissioner for Fair Trading, well, costs can run to two or $3,000. Mm. Uh and those costs will need to be met in the case of a strata committee by the individual members of the committee unless there's a line item in the budget that says um, that you know funds from the administrative fund can be used for that purpose. Uh, now, but you've had a, a text message suggesting mediation is cheap and easy through the Office of Fair Trading. I again say to that person, that is only ever available if a a well-crafted application is made to the mediation unit that implies that uh, a tribunal order is is the basis of the conflict. Mm. Uh, a simple decision that we want to ch- change the colour of the building from white to pink is not something for which the public purse might be prepared to provide resources. Mm, Thanks for that. Uh, Just before we finish up, I want to get to some of the things that might help this situation. We've been speaking with Stephen Goddard, who's a strata law specialist, and Karen Stiles, who's the executive director of the Owners Corporation Network, which is a not-for-profit body that uh, helps owners navigate strata ownership in New South Wales. Karen, what can committees and members do to prevent conflict occurring? You outlined some things that you'd like to see in the ideal situation clear expectations, meeting limits, uh, knowing what people are bringing to the process but also what they want out of the process. Is there anything else that you'd like to see that would help people uh, make these constructive and healthy uh, groups? Uh, Yes, Hilary. I I think it really comes back to you know, clear boundaries consistently applied. I tend to think of that for toddlers, for uh, developers, um, you know, developing uh, apartment complexes, and also for committees and owners' corporations. If there are set expectations, people understand the ground rules. There'll always be those who want to buck the system, but you'll have the majority wanting um, a harmonious life and to live in a a happy building that's well-maintained and, you know, a joy to come home to. And people need to remember that their home starts at the footpath, not at their apartment door, but at the footpath. The whole building, the grounds and, and how people interact are all their responsibility because it is very close living. And once people understand that and understand that this is cooperative living, um, you'll reduce the conflicts. So many texts I can't keep up with uh, just detailing problems. I hope there are some healthy, uh, harmonious apartment complexes out there. We're certainly getting the impression that there are a lot where there are issues. This one, in fact, says, I'd set a financial goal to buy an investment apartment this year. My heart has been set on it until this discussion about body corporates and how to regulate, uh, negotiate our block. I hadn't thought at all about this aspect beyond strata fees. I'm going to set a new goal now. I would say get some independent advice before you change your plan based on one radio show, uh, but I'm glad that we have been a pause for thought moment at least. Karen, do you think the government needs to step in here and, and perhaps mandate some qualification requirements for strata managers or strata committee members, or should there be more regulation of some kind? 
Hilary, there's already a lot of regulation. So there's lots of laws, too much in fact, for lay people to get their heads around in the main. But there certainly is a desperate need around the country for much more support by government. There needs to be education. Um, there should be some uh, training for committee members. You know, if they're going to be managing a multi-million dollar asset, they need to have a modicum of ability to do that. And, and that's the problem that your um, your uh, text audience member has just highlighted. If people invested a million dollars in shares, they would be glued to the computer screen watching the market go up and down. But they invest a million dollars or more in an apartment and it's set and forget. They just assume it's someone else's problem. Mm. And that attitude has to change. And the government needs to do much, much more to educate and support owners and committees. And that starts even before people have thought about buying. Um, again, your caller has just explained. They thought, oh, what a lovely idea. Let's get an investment unit with no thought about the ongoing um, commitment to that asset. Yeah, it's amazing how many uh, we're just getting pages and pages and pages of texts almost completely in the negative about experiences on strata committees. I, I do hope that that can change in the future. Karen Stiles and Stephen Goddard, thank you both so much for your time today on Life Matters. Karen Stiles is the Executive Director of the Owners Corporation Network, a not-for-profit body that operates in New South Wales helping owners navigate strata ownership and Stephen Goddard is a strata law specialist with over 30 years experience in this field. Stream any ABC radio station live and on the go. Discover new podcasts, music, and audiobooks, all free on the ABC Listen app.